Welcome to the Hartwell Studio Work Sports Branding Podcast. My name is John Hartwell, and I am the brains and pencil behind Hartwell Studio Works. I'm a sports brand designer in Atlanta, Georgia. Over the last 18 months, I think it is fair to say that there have been two major earth-shifting events impacting collegiate athletics. The first is the coronavirus pandemic, and the second is the advent of the name, image, and likeness era, or NIL. The majority of NIL attention has obviously been on the D1 Power 5 level, but that does not mean that there are not NIL ramifications for small colleges. Joining me to talk about some of these ramifications is Megan Joulbert, the Assistant Athletic Director for Student Athlete Success and the SWA at Bethany College in Bethany, West Virginia. Megan, thanks so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, Megan, let's get started by having you tell us just a little bit about your career in college athletics. Give us a little background and what is your role uh, for students' athlete success at Bethany? Definitely. So uh, I'll go back a little bit, but keep it brief. Um, I started, I did my undergrad at Auburn. Uh, so was at one of those larger Division I institutions. Uh, worked at the men's basketball team and then in the athletic director's office as well while I was there. I did my, got my grad degree in sports psychology and motor behavior at Tennessee, where I had the opportunity to coach some on the side in the community, but also work with the men's golf team. Um, And then after that, I worked at a private practice, practicing sports psychology for a little under five years, um, and then landed here in the middle of Bethany, West Virginia, uh, where, um, as you mentioned, at Bethany College. And I've been here for about a little over two years. Uh, The position was originally funded through the Division III Ethnic Minorities and Women's Internship Grant and just recently became um, a full-time, it felt full-time before, I'll be real with you, but a (laughs) full-time position um, this year. So so that's been exciting. And and obviously I've had um, a little bit of a different experience. Obviously those Division I experiences while I was in my private practice, I worked with some smaller Division Three schools. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, um, worked with some, worked with a couple Division Two, uh, some professional athletes and the, the Division One level. So I've been a little all over uh, when it comes to, we'll just say clientele that I've worked with. <laughs> sure. um, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of what brought me here to Bethany. In my current role, Um, I do a little, I I tell recruits all the time, I do a little bit of everything, anything that it takes to help our student athletes be successful, that's my job. Um, So I run our Bison 360 program, which is uh, just a catchy way to say we develop total scholar athletes. Uh, I help connect our students uh, from an academic perspective across campus um, to to our partners. I help with um, the sports psychology, obviously, mental health perspective of things, um, leadership development, uh, student athlete development, and, and the career side of things as well, which is a little bit about why uh, the NIL, you know, everything that's happening, you know, in the last several months, but even prior to that is, is kind of a little bit up my alley, at least from a student athlete development perspective. Okay, very good. So let's just start with the great big honking $65,000 question here. Why does NIL matter to small colleges? Yeah, so I was my first experience, uh, even hearing of NIL. I was at the 2020 National Convention um, in California. 
And I remember sitting in the business meeting and, and it got brought up and I, I was there because, you know, professional development opportunity, right? And we had money we had to spend and why not go to California? Um, so, so Excellent I was reason. There, exactly, right? You got you to gotta spend it on something. So, so that's, that's a good reason to, to spend it. But anyway, so I heard it, you know, we, it was brought up, there were discussions about it. Um, and, I, and I heard, I listened to um, individuals get up and speak so passionately and I thought to myself, whoa, this is not going to affect us. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been there six months and I could already tell you, I don't, I don't know where this is going to fall, but I can't imagine our student athletes, you know, benefiting from this, uh, let alone any of our staff having to deal with, you know, the challenges and the repercussions that may happen um, if, if anything pushed forward. And then ironically enough, you know, we know where everything stands now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a couple months ago, I was speaking with our, our RAD and myself, um, we were speaking with a representative from the NCA office and that we were just talking about, you know, what, what steps should we take, right? Well, what should we be doing? We had just undergone um, a transition uh, from the leadership um, in, in our athletic director, we were obviously headed into some unknown, you know, territory, but specifically with the NIL policy. Um, and, and so the one comment that he made was, you know, if, if you think D Division three institutions are not going to be impacted by this, you are far, you know, far out there. That is, that is absolutely, you will 100% be impacted. And oddly enough, uh, before we could even put together a policy, we already had a student athlete who was who was engaging in these conversations. And that was something that I think, um, while can be an exciting thing, can also be a little frightening uh, for for a small college, you know, in West Virginia, right? So, you know, opportunities at the D1 Power 5 student athlete level, pretty impressive personalized logos, national endorsement deals, paid appearances, all that sort of stuff. But you said, you know, at, as you just said, your own student athletes in Little Bethany, West Virginia, were already engaged in these conversations. So can you share a little bit, what are the, the those kinds of NIL opportunities for small college student athletes? So some of them, the, the ones that we've at least heard of so far, right? Some of them are, um, you know, local businesses that from their hometown in their community that have wanted to um, get into a partnership with a student. Some of them have been um, like a like a gear up, just something as simple as uh, we had a student athlete who who um, got into business with someone with bats, baseball bats, right? Mm -hmm. So things like that. Uh, we haven't had any um, what you see right all over social media right now. We yeah. haven't gone to that extreme yet. Uh, but but a lot of it's been exchanging goods, right? Um, a lot of it has been, you know, just representing those, it, it, whether they're they're a small business, whether it's a local tie connection, and they just saw, hey, this this could be a really great opportunity for us to spread our business. Uh, it's been those kinds of examples that have really uh, just naturally happened, right? And and I don't believe that many of our students they haven't they they weren't the ones to initiate those conversations. Uh, which I think is something that's very interesting. They weren't the ones to initiate those conversations. People were coming to them, um, as well as we have students who who want to, you know, run a camp, right? Things like that, where they where they can financially benefit from that, 
Um, but but there it doesn't seem as large as those other opportunities, but I think a lot of them are still just as valuable. So while there probably aren't going to be any Instagram campaign launches from Times Square uh, for your average D, D3 uh, student, student athlete, it's still just the idea that there is a commerce element attached to this. And as you pointed out, there are businesses coming to your student athletes, not necessarily the other way around. So that adds a whole new dynamic to this. Is that correct? Yeah, and responsibility um, on us to help protect our student athletes. I think that's that's a large part of it too. help educate them um, and empower them to, yes, take advantage of these opportunities, uh, but in the right ways, in the ways that will that will protect them from from challenges that that they would face in, in such unknown territory. So let's talk a, a little bit about that. So what have you guys at Bethany done to prepare for NIL? So we started with speaking to our general counsel. Uh, rewind. That one of the first conversations that we had was was with the NCAA office mm -hmm. uh, that and that jump started us on some steps that we need to take. We spoke to our campus general counsel uh, about, you know, and, and luckily we have someone who is who was well versed in in that information um, and, and we developed a policy. Uh, based on, you know, what other institutions were doing. This is not, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Um, lean on, lean on other connections that you have and resources that you have, um, because we're all, we're all kind of in that ter unknown territory together. Uh, so we, we developed that policy. Um, we went through a lot of drafts, a lot of, you know, so many different eyes on it, right? Because it was so necessary to make sure that, that we were, um, headed in the right direction. We worked with our conference office uh, from a disclosure, you know, disclosure form uh, standpoint. So we've got, you know, that that's consistent across the conference. Um, and then we also, one of the, the things that we tried to implement, we talk all the time about uh, these power fives, you know, the, the larger institutions and what they're experiencing. And I do think that to some extent, you can take that value and bring it to a smaller college. It might not be on the same scale, uh, but I do think that there are a lot of the same inner workings that can apply. And so we, we developed you know, some, some simple uh, do's and don'ts educational opportunities, not just for our students, but for our coaches, um, for our stakeholders, donors, things like that, right? To make sure that, that if we're going to you know, hold these things accountable, then we had to educate them on, on if you want to be involved, can you first and foremost, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, but then if you do, what, what are the most appropriate ways to do that? And, and I'm hoping that that will be also a good you know, marketing opportunity as well and a good opportunity to, to have multiple touch points you know, with other um, stakeholders that are involved as well. Um, but at, following that, once we developed that, then it was time to let's share this with our student athletes. And, and so we did, we had, you know, appropriately so because we're still dealing with COVID, we had a meeting with all of our student athletes. Um, we we, we've been having, you know, discussions with our coaches that happened first and foremost. And then we had this meeting and in this meeting, we were, it was myself and the, our director of compliance were, were working together on it, me from an educational side, and then um, her from a, um, from the, you know, the compliance aspect of it. And so we were transparent. And we said, look, you know, this is, this is really unknown territory. You know, this is why we've developed, like we provided why we've developed what we have, why these rules are in place, 
why we are doing um, these things to support you, not just, you know, uh, limit you on what opportunities are available. And, and I thought that was a great discussion. I think, you know, we had several students who came up to us afterwards and said, oh yeah, hey, I've been doing this. What do you think about this? What, you know, do I need to disclose this, right? And, it, and, and that, was, that was exciting because we got to touch base with them and connect with them, I think on a different um, level, right? Just by providing the opportunity for that dialogue. So what do you see then as, you know, you talked about the opportunities for these small college student athletics and for all the prep work that you've done as, as a program, as a conference, um, you, you use the phrase that, you know, you guys have a responsibility to protect these students because they don't know what they don't know kind of a thing. So what are some of those specific concerns uh, that you see for small, small, college athlete, uh, small college athletes? What are some of the, 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 the pitfalls and the traps that they might not know are out there? I think um, there, there are a lot of worries that probably keep our you know, director of compliance up at night. <laughs> I'll say that first and foremost. And, sure, sure. and even though we expect it to be ugly, um, I think I think that that there are definitely those concerns that we're trying to address up front mm -hmm. and be proactive about them. Um, you know, one that we've been discussing uh, is from a, a tax standpoint, from a you know um, uh, having the ability to. I know it's very popular right now all over social media about our international students. We have a significant number of international students, and we have. Um, it's a priority for us, even going through compliance paperwork, set NIL aside, it's a priority for us to make sure that they, that they're understanding what, what our expectations are of them, right, mm -hmm. and, and what is needed of them, but then you, you throw this in, and, and we look at, you know, are we really, um, I guess if we talk about the division three model, equal, fair, you know, across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Is that is that happening right now? And 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 not just right now, but how how are those, how's that going to be developed and move forward uh, from a visa standpoint? So that's something I, you know, I I worry about our international students. Uh, we haven't run into any major issues yet, uh, but we want to make sure we're protecting them. Um, I also worry about um, representation, right? So if you look at the last 18 months, and, and trying to ensure that we're providing uh, equitable, equal opportunities for education, for access to resources. Um, does, does this, you know, what does this look like as we move forward? Are we not only, I, I know there are certain things that, that we can't control, right? But are we providing those opportunities in, in an equal, equitable way? Uh, that that's something that that you know I know we've been having a lot of discussions about, and I'll be completely transparent. I, I don't know what that looks like. I, I don't know the answer to it. Uh, but it's certainly something that that has to remain a priority because if it doesn't remain a priority, then we will be a year, two years down the road looking back and saying, did we do this the right way? Uh, did were we were we looking at serving our students first and foremost? Or were we taking a back seat when it came to those issues? Um, and then, and then another thing that that we try to address, obviously, you know, we're not going to have anyone. Uh, casinos are really big around here, um, and and that's obviously something that that you know we can't get in. A student would not be able to get into business with. However, um, helping our students um, make sure that what they are, who they are connecting with. 
who they're working with, who they are trying to create partnerships with, whether that's for, you know, straight cash <laughs> or if it's for goods, right? And I'll just be blunt in that, uh, that it's something that they, they feel as if represents them in the right way, but also um, does not put them in a dangerous position. So, so those are the things, you know, it's exciting. And when anything's new and flashy and exciting, you jump on it. And, and I, one of the things that we shared with our students, student athletes, was that we fully support you in this. This is a fantastic, incredible, scary opportunity, right? Uh, but our fears of, are we doing it the right way? I don't want that to be a limitation for your access to those opportunities. However, however, we still have to make sure that, that we're doing our um, due diligence in, in protecting you, your image, um, your future, and not only as an athlete uh, and your eligibility, but then also as, as a human being, because that's, that's where we start. So I think some of what you touched on there actually segues quite well in, into my next question here, because this is a branding podcast. <clears throat> and so we need to touch specifically on some branding here. And, and these opportunities, I mean, name, image, and likeness, these, these have a branding component to them as these student athletes have an opportunity to develop a real personal brand for themselves. Um, what do you see as, as the brand implications for the small college market? And when I say that, I mean, both for the student athlete, but it seems like the program and the institution have, a, there, there's, there's a branding opportunity and a branding concern here uh, for the program and the institution as well. What do you guys see in regards to, to, to that kind of issue? I, I think it's, it's not a new issue. Um, as social media has grown, uh, all of our student athletes, whether they're at a large institution, small institution, division one, two, three, NAIA, you know, regardless, um, the brand that who they put out on social media, who, who they put, who, the things that they say, right. Things that we say, um, it, it's a personal brand, right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so part of it impacts your, the perception that people have on, of you on campus, but it also impacts um, the, the perception for future careers. And part of, part of as a, a working within student athlete development, uh, I'm, I'm not just about finding success while we're on campus. We need to find success through graduation, find success you know, following graduation in their careers, right? Um, and, and that goes for our coaches, that goes for our graduate assistants, that goes for our you know, undergraduate student athletes. Um, and this just throws, you know, another layer into that. So I don't think it's a, it's a challenge that hasn't previously existed, how we educate and empower our students to utilize their voices through social media, through branding, through imagery, right? Uh, and, and is that being true to who they are, right? But is that also putting out an image that five years down the road that, you know, tomorrow, right? Um, what is that saying about that individual? What is that saying about that college? Because oftentimes what we see is what we promote is, is what people often think we support fully. And, and the challenge is, is that that, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings on it, right? But, but the perception then becomes that that's who you are, right? 
So, so it is just as important, I think, the, the branding aspect of it, um, who you are creating these partnerships with, who you are creating these deals with, uh, that, that that then will have upper, a perception shift on, on who you are as a student, as an athlete, as a human being, as a member of this program, as a, as a member of this institution. Uh, so I, I, think, I think it hasn't been a new problem. It's not, it's not, it's not new, right? It just adds another layer into, into the information um, and the imagery that we're putting out about ourselves. And, and I don't think that it just influence, it impacts that student athlete. I think it does imp- impact the program. It does impact, can impact a coach, right? Can impact the institution. And, and so, you know, I'm not, there are certain limitations as far as obviously, you know, what types of deals and partnerships can be engaged in. Uh, however, that's why I think it's so important for us to educate, you know, on the front end that your voice, your voice has power, uh, what you're putting out there has power. And, and, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to use that in, in a way that supports you as a student, you as a human being. All of that, I think is exceptionally well said in regards to, um, what is the nature of branding? And I think what I'm hearing you say is it. At, at, at a most fundamental level, it really is about the alignment of values when you're when you're looking both at the school that a recruit is looking to to enroll in, to now that same student athlete enrolled in a school, uh, looking to make uh, alignments and deals <clears throat> with businesses uh, who will represent him and or him and him him or her and the institution itself. So I think saying that it's just a, a, another layer to an already existing process, I think is very well said. And I'll even throw in there one thing that I think we don't talk about enough is that it's not going to be pretty. You know, I, saw, I know we talked mm-hmm. a little briefly about that at, on the front end, but we're humans. <laughs> we make mistakes. Life is ugly. I mean, how, how often, and I use social media as an example because it's just a, a, a an ever-present form of communication in society today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how often does someone put something out there, you know, whether you're a professional athlete, you know, a collegiate student athlete, no matter what division, coach, whatever, how often do we put something out there and then the response that we get, the feedback that we get is, is that, oh, hey, why did you say that? Or, you know, is that really connecting or aligning with, as you mentioned, your values? So, so how can we expect this process to be any different? It, it will be ugly. Uh, we will make mistakes. Our students will make mistakes, right? Um, you know, I think we educate and empower them on the front end uh, to, in order to make sure that that, that happens less often. Um, but we will make mistakes as, as administrators, as coaches, as athletics departments. Um, and, and I think that, that's part of college athletics. That's part of small college athletics. So if, if we're thinking that we won't make mistakes and that this won't be ugly, we are kidding ourselves. It will. As long as at the core of it, at every decision that we make, we are focusing on, on the service aspect that, you know, as an administrator, I'm here to serve our coaches, our athletics department, our institution. I'm also here to serve our student athletes. So if we're keeping that at the core of it, then, then I think we just, we manage, we prepare for those mistakes and, and we manage them as best we can. So all of that said, 
<clears throat> let's say there is an 80 out there listening to this right now, and they are sweating bullets over NIL. Not quite sure how to proceed. Where do you go? Which way do you turn? Megan, what's your one silver-plated, brilliant piece of advice for them right now as to how to approach NIL? I know I just put you on the spot. <laughs> Definitely did, and I love it. Uh, take a deep breath. Take a step back. Um, and then reach out to, to other institutions, whether that be in your area, um, whether that be, you know, in your division, just connections that you have because, and lean on them. You know, I, I, I've been there. I'm there currently. I may, I may seem like I'm <laughs> calm right here, but I'm telling you every time someone sends me something from social media and they're like, Hey, did this person send this to you? Uh, I'm sweating bullets too, right? Because ultimately at the end of the day, we want to do it right. Uh, we want to do right by our student athletes. Um, However, you know, we are, like I've mentioned probably 12 times and I will keep saying it, we are in unknown territory, but everyone mm -hmm. is together. So one, one piece, it may not, it may sound unconventional. It may sound like, you know, not as straightforward as it should be, but take a deep breath. We're all making We're it up it as we go along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so very much for being with us here today. I, I, I really do appreciate you taking time to help us understand, help me understand a bit of this brave new uh, NIL world. Um, best of luck to you and to Bethany as you go through the school year. Um, white knuckled maybe just a little bit with every social media post. Uh, and I will very thank much you. look forward to seeing you next time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for watching. You can get in touch with our guest using the information listed here on the screen. You can also find it in the video description below and in the podcast show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening on a podcasting platform, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and write a review. Help other sports professionals find this podcast. Best of luck in your sports branding efforts, and we'll see you next time.